You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports and FanSided, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Wednesday evening, and I, I tweeted this morning that I would wait because I thought there was a chance that things could move quickly with a deal with the Packers and Muhammad Wilkerson. We're going to talk about that in just a second. We're also going to talk about the NFL draft. We have some updated information on the Packers' uh, potential prospects that they could be interested in, the thresholds. Uh, There were a lot of players who didn't go through all of the drills, and so we have incomplete information on that. But I'm I'm going to put together what I think is an accurate picture of some of the guys at at key positions, at wide receiver and corner, that are going to be on the Packers' radar in all likelihood, and then perhaps pitch you an idea for how they could attack this draft based on that information. But let's start with Muhammad Wilkerson because the snowstorm on the East Coast, the Nor'easter that's going to drop about a foot of snow on parts of the East Coast— That could have been a monkey wrench in in getting Wilkerson to Green Bay. It wasn't, but he did not get in in time to meet with the team on Wednesday. He's meeting with the team on Thursday, and so there could be a deal there. Ian Rappaport tweeted that there's mutual interest, a lot of interest, and the deal could get done quickly. The team is, is meeting with Wilkerson probably as I'm speaking. They're going out to dinner Wednesday night. And then Thursday, there'll be the official team visit. But the fact that there's going to be multiple interactions here suggests a significant amount of interest. Dinner is for the personality evaluation. You're going to have Mike Patton there. You're going to have Mike McCarthy there. You're probably going to have Mark Murphy there. Brian Gudekinst obviously is going to be there. And, and maybe you even have Russ Ball to sort of get a feel for numbers. But let's be honest about one thing. The combine is the place for tampering. The Packers know what the dollar amount will be for Wilkerson. They know about what he's looking for, about what he's going to cost. They have some idea of what he's going to be worth on the open market. And so he's on the open market. Again, this is this is not a, a free agent meeting. He can be signed right now. He is He is basically a street free agent. His contract does not expire at the end of the league year, which is the case for all of these impending free agents, your traditional free agents in free agency. The Packers don't have to worry about that. But what they do have to worry about is other teams will have the option right away to sign him if this meeting doesn't go well. Now, if the meeting doesn't go well, that will be because Green Bay decides not to sign Wilkerson. So the dinner is a personality evaluation. How are you doing? What happened in New York? What's the deal? What were the problems? Are you going to come in in shape? Are you going to come in motivated? Are you going to play hard? Do you want to win? Is winning important to you or is getting paid important to you? And I think the fact that we have 
Green Bay is the first meeting, the team that probably would not offer him the most money, or at least the team that doesn't necessarily have the deepest pockets, is telling. He obviously values a system that he knows, which is Mike Patton, and he obviously wants to go to a team that's won. If you're in New York and you go and you you come into the league with a defense that's one of the best in the league, you're you're going out and you're competing with the Patriots in the playoffs and you're winning and you're and you're doing fun things because you're winning, that's a great position to be in. When everything goes south and all of a sudden you become a laughing stock and the butt fumble and and everything about the Jets, that all of that stigma, that can wear on you. And then you, he has these off-the-field issues, the, these run-ins with the law and these run-ins with his coaches where he's not coming to meetings and, and he has attitude issues and motivational problems. He's not playing hard. Sheldon Richardson had the same issue. And so at a certain point, you wonder, is the, is the chemistry in the locker room, is there, a, is there a problem in the locker room? Is there a poisonous atmosphere in the locker room in New York? that isn't just these two players. I mean, you have two exceedingly talented players that they move off of in the span of a year. Sheldon Richardson went to Seattle and balled out. He played great in Seattle. So maybe the problem was in New York. Now, we know Muhammad Wilkerson was his own problem. He was his own worst enemy. Did some boneheaded things wasn't being responsible, wasn't playing hard, wasn't prepared, wasn't doing the things you expect from a a professional. And that is not acceptable. Mike Pettin is not going to accept that. Mike McCarthy is not going to accept that. So what the Packers have to divine right now, is Wilkerson going to be different than he was in New York? Is he going to be the player we saw earlier in his career? The guy who can get you double-digit sacks as an interior rusher who can play outside, can play inside, and is a perfect fit at where they're going to use him, who's played in a Mike Pettin defense before. And what is he going to cost if indeed they decide he checks out? If he's going to come in motivated and they believe him when he says that. If he's going to come in in shape and they believe him when he says that. We know he's a fit in this defense, so that's not a question. Uh, I, I think we go back and read the post that I wrote for Acme Packing Company. It's pinned to my Twitter profile at Peter underscore Bukowski about how the Mike Pettin defense can change the Packers draft strategy and the kinds of players they can pick. Well, Muhammad Wilkerson, I don't explain it explicitly in the piece, but the, the position that he would play would free up the Packers to not have to worry so much about finding a pass rusher of the future because they have Wilkerson to play that five technique who can pass rush, who can stop the run, who can do all the things that they need him to do there to, and, and can be versatile, can play in the nickel, can play in sub packages as a rusher, can, can do that inside or outside. His versatility has its own value. So what is that worth? What is the money going to look like? The Packers have the money to do this. And if I had known, I guess when I when I went through my perfect offseason, because he hadn't been cut. Remember I said when we did that show 
and go back and find it. If you if you haven't listened to it or if you're a new listener, if you're a new listener, welcome. I appreciate you having you here. But go back and listen to that show because one of the things I said, I, I offered a caveat, and that caveat was that there are going to be some things that are that, are, that will happen, some players who will be cut or who will be on the trade market, and they'll be available. Well, I, you can't always predict who those guys are going to be. This is one of those instances where you could have predicted it. It seemed like this was, was headed in the direction that it is headed. But that is, there was no guarantees, and, and I didn't want to get down the rabbit hole of predicting and trying to pick out, okay, this player could be out there, this player could be out there, this player, this player, this player, and then all of a sudden we've just been buried under an avalanche of what-ifs and counterfactuals. If Wilkerson had been available at the time, he would have been on my list of, this is the ideal off-season acquisition. I think, given, given the way that this, this off-season is going... I think getting Wilkerson, signing a corner, and drafting a, a receiver or a pass catcher high in the draft, that is that is the formula right now. And and the Packers going and, and being a player in this market for Muhammad Wilkerson suggests that they're going to put their money where their mouth is when it comes to all this talk of being aggressive. That is a stark departure for the Packers and and their front office modus operandi. They have potentially a new MO under Brian Gutekunst, and we're going to see that play out over the next 24 to 48 hours. If they do sign Muhammad Wilkerson tomorrow, what I may do is jump on and do a quick pod. Maybe we talk 5, 10 minutes, 15 minutes about the signing, what it means for the team, and, and and what it means for their plans moving forward. Before we move on and talk about the draft and some of those players, I want to remind you that I do ad reads. I don't have to remind you that I do ad reads, but I do these ad reads. And part of the reason I do them is uh, I want to keep doing this podcast for you. And I really like doing this podcast. I like bringing you information. I, ha- I got a really great note from someone the other day um, that that listening to the show has changed his relationship to the team, and that I, I can't imagine a higher compliment. And and I, I don't say that to brag. I say that because what I want is for you to have a better understanding of the team that you love, because I love to cover it and I love to talk about it, and that's why you're here. Help me continue to do that by advertising on this podcast. We have a growing audience. The Locked On Podcast Network has been growing. Even, even as we have reduced shows, the audience has been growing. And that is an incredible thing. We are in that prime demographic of young men and a growing audience of young women. And we have reasonable rates. So please, if you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, being a sponsor of Locked On Packers, and supporting a show that you like if you know someone who could be a sponsor of this show, send me an email at peter underscore bukowski at yahoo.com and we will make you a part of the Locked On Podcast Network and a part of the Locked On Packers family. So one of the things I mentioned as we discussed the combine was there are going to be statistical thresholds. Now these are not catches 
or rushing yards or anything like that. The, the Packers don't care as much about stuff like that. But also their thresholds in the way that we're thinking about them here are they are about testing numbers. They're about athletic thresholds. And they're they're pretty they're pretty consistent at certain positions, offensive line being one of them. They're pretty consistent at receiver, at corner, uh, less so at a position like tight end or safety. So we don't know for some of the positions what we're looking at here in terms of the players who could be on the board for the Packers. But given the information that we have and given who did everything that they could at the combine, not everyone did all of the drills. The Packers do have preferences for three cone. They have some preferences in the 40. They have a, what I think you can think of is don't think of it so much as um, a, a testing number. Don't think of it so much as this idea that, oh, you have to have, you have to run a 4-4. Think of it more broadly. Think of it more from a 30,000 foot view and say they have these athletic thresholds. You need to be a certain level of athlete for the Packers at a certain size to be a Packers player, a so-called Packers player. Now, based on those thresholds, based on the athleticism required to be a Packers draft pick, or at least be a preferred Packers pick, because they do every once in a while step outside their mold, and and coincidentally, that is when they, they tend to miss... There are only four cornerbacks who did all the drills in Indianapolis who meet all the thresholds. And only one of the top cornerbacks of the first of the corners in that that first round to second round range hit all of those markers and that's Josh Jackson. Alabama's Tony Brown, his was a little bit later. He could, he could be a day 2 pick. But the only top player, Denzel Ward, came, didn't do all the drills. You'd assume he would hit those thresholds, but he tested at in the top 3% of cornerback athletes in the NFL. So he will not be available at 14. Any idea? He, he came in a little small at the combine, a shade under 5'11", and, and in the 180s. That's small by NFL corner standards. Even Casey Hayward, who's, who is small by NFL corner standards, was almost 10 pounds heavier at the combine. So that is a question, but he is going to be gone by 14. On the flip side, there are 10 receivers who did everything at the combine who fit this mold. Some potentially in that first round range, some potentially in that second round range, and then some later third, fourth, fifth round guys who could be available. And so there, there's some names you might recognize. Deion Kane from Clemson. DJ Moore was the superstar of the combine from Maryland. Calvin Ridley, who fell because he didn't have a great combine. He could be available at 14, could be on the Packers' radar. Cortland Sutton, a name I mentioned earlier in the week. I, I mentioned him on Monday. That was a name Chris Trapasso from CBS Sports floated for Green Bay. He tested incredibly. I, I wrote about him. So did Tex Western, who who you heard from last week, that he was one of the standouts from the combine because he's 6'3", 218, with this incredible athletic ability that we weren't sure he had. And what it proves is not that his tape lied, but that he's just 
He's more unrefined. He's more raw than we thought, but it gives him more upside than we potentially thought. And so at first, what I said was, I was talking to Tex about this and I said, okay, well, maybe then that makes even more sense for the Packers to say, well, there's only a handful of corners that we could take in the draft. So we need to go out and sign someone. And then you get your pass catcher. You draft Cortland Sutton at 14. And if you get Wilkerson and you go and you go pick up a corner and pick one, there's been some, I've gotten some pushback on the Malcolm Butler thing. Fine. Go pay the money for Tremaine Johnson. Go sign Aaron Colvin. Go get Ross Cockrell. There are guys out there that can help this team. You get a veteran corner. You get a veteran pass rusher. Go get your go get your pass catcher at the top of the first, and then at forty five, you've got a, a a deep ish group of pass rushers to choose from. This is not a great group of pass rushers, but it is a deep group of guys. They could get a quality dude at forty five. I love. I, I mentioned this on Monday. There's two guys with with difficult to pronounce names: Yucheno Wosu from USC. And a guy I'll just call Oboe from Oklahoma. Those guys are are very much in that range at 45. And so maybe you could do it that way. And they could play a little Sam linebacker. They can rush the passer. They can do some different kinds of things. But, but Tex flipped it on me and said, okay, but maybe the other, the other way it could be done is you draft Josh Jackson at 14. And then you wait on your receiver because you can get Michael Gallup in the third round from Colorado State, who is a Devontae Adams clone physically. They look very similar on tape. You can get Deion Kane. You can get Traquan Smith a little bit further down. Or, or if there is momentum for that trade down from 14, if they can somehow get those multiple picks, which would be ideal, if they can make the, a deal with Buffalo. This was something I discussed on Twitter the other day. It, it, it will not be enough to give up a, a third or fourth rounder to make a swap with Buffalo. You can't go 14 and a third for 22 or 21 and 22. It's not enough. They'd have to give up 45 and, a, and something to move. And, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on who has the energy to make a trade like that. Is it the Packers who want to trade down or is it the Bills who want to trade up? That could be the the selling point either way. That could be the tipping point. That could tip the scales one direction or the other. But it's going to take giving up that second rounder. And that's fine. Look, I, I think that's worth doing. Because if you can trade back and you can do 21 and 22, and you can get one of these receivers. And again, there's a ton of corners in this draft. And one of those corners, Josh Jackson is probably not going to fall. So that's probably out. But maybe someone like Connor Williams, who came in undersized, maybe he falls and you can snag him. And now you have your, your guard for the future. Maybe you can get two impact starters that way. There's going to be a lot of machinations for how this is going to play out. We're going to learn as we go. And the Packers, I think, are going to, are going to do a lot of, of soul-searching and, and trying to figure out. I, I, I've, I've said this. I've written this. 
what what is available in the draft informs free agency and vice versa. If you can go out and sign a veteran player at a good price to help you with a position, you should do that. That shouldn't preclude you from drafting someone at a, at a similar position depending on the age of whoever you signed. But at the same time, it should allow you to say, okay, if we can get all these, these good receivers, these receivers who fit our type, maybe we don't have to go out and spend money on Dante Moncrief or Marquise Lee or throw a, a back up the Brinks truck for Allen Robinson. Maybe that's the case. But again, as we go through this, as we go through pro days, more and more of these corners are going to do the three cone. They're going to do the shuttle. They're going to do their jumps. And we're going to get more information. And I think more and more corners are going to show up as possible Packers players. But free agency is going to, is going to dictate how much that matters to Green Bay. Because if they go out and they sign Malcolm Butler, or they sign Tremaine Johnson, or they sign Aaron Colvin, do they still need to go Josh Jackson at 14, if they sign Muhammad Wilkerson, do they still need to draft Marcus Davenport or Harold Landry? I I say yes. I say go get those guys. Go get players at premium positions. But again, best player available is the player who helps make your team the biggest amount better. He makes your team the most better. Right? That is what best player available means. It doesn't mean guy with the highest grade. You don't just take the highest graded player. I don't know how many times I have to explain this to people. That's not how this works. Take the guy that makes, that improves your team the most. And if you've signed guys at positions of need, at prime positions of need, then a guy at a like position doesn't make sense. So if the Packers signed Muhammad Wilkerson, Vita Vea is off the board. It does not make sense to use high draft capital on someone who's going to play 30% of snaps. You don't do it. Especially because the guy playing his position, Kenny Clark, is young. And even if you think he can be a three technique, Mike Daniels is still in his prime. That is a luxury pick. And the Packers, although I think their roster is much better than Packers fans will have you believe, luxury picks... At, at defensive line, at non-premium positions, you can make a luxury pick with a receiver because you can always use receivers. You can make a luxury pick at corner because you can always use corners. You can make a luxury pick at offensive line, particularly tackle. You can make a luxury pick at a premium position, at edge, if you need to pass rusher. Get, get five or six. You cannot do that at a non-premium position. And interior defender is just a non-premium position. So the Packers are going to have to sort through this as we go through this process. All right, hopefully we'll find a lot more out tomorrow about the Muhammad Wilkerson interest level. The Packers are obviously interested, but how the meeting goes, if if, if Wilkerson leaves Green Bay without a contract, it's over. They will not sign him. That's just, if, if, they like him enough to sign him to a contract. He will not leave Green Bay without one. That is the bottom line here. If he doesn't, then they were freaked out or he was going to cost too much money. Likely the former. But I think I think there's momentum here. Ian Rappaport does not just tweet things out that, that this could get done. 
He rarely tweets something like that without having pretty solid information that these two really want to get this deal done. And when there's momentum that way, when, where, right? There's where there's a will, there's a way, right? So, in NFL terms, if both teams want to make this work, they're gonna make it work because you can figure out the money. You can you can do a one year with with two, where he where the Packers could get out after this one year, or they could do just a one year prove it deal. I think if you're the Packers, you'd like to you'd like to do a similar deal to the Martellus Bennett deal. In that, if it doesn't work out after a year, you can cut him. But if it does work out, then you've got a below market deal locked in for 2019 and or 2020 because Wilkerson is still young enough to be an impact player moving forward. We're going to have more content coming this week. We will talk about a Wilkerson deal if one happens, and we'll talk about a Wilkerson deal if one doesn't happen. So you need to you need to keep your eyes peeled. Stay on my Twitter feed, Peter underscore Bukowski, because I will tweet updates about when the show will be. I'm sorry for, for moving it all over the place this week, but it, it felt necessary to make sure that we could maximize the amount of information that I could put into the show and, and get it right. Unfortunately, it's not live, and so I can't I can't be on top of the news when you're hearing it all the time. That's part of the point of a podcast. It's radio on demand. So keep an eye on Acme Packing Company as well, FanRag NFL, FanSided, LockedOnPackers.com, at LockedOnPackers, and always stay Locked On Packers.